Welcome to the Thriving on Purpose podcast, where we teach Christian entrepreneurs how to build a strong foundation of faith, growth, and skill to lead and thrive on purpose in life and business. And now, here are your hosts, certified coaches, Elizabeth and Sebastian Richard. Welcome, everyone, to another exciting episode of the Thriving on Purpose podcast. I am Sebastian Richard, and I'm here with my lovely wife, Elizabeth. And we are so excited today because we are going to talk to you about a huge obstacle that Christian entrepreneurs face, and that is overcoming entrepreneurial rejection from friends and family. So I think a lot of you can relate to this, and as you know, the Thriving on Purpose podcast was created for Christian entrepreneurs. So we're trying to find uh, different topics that you guys can relate to and really benefit from. So when you converted as a new believer, you probably wanted to share the gospel with your friends and family, right? And chances are you probably met with a lot of opposition. <laughs> Jesus warned about this. In fact, it's totally part of your lot as a Christian to be misunderstood at times, mocked, or even hated. Now, Sebastian, I think you had a few verses you wanted to share. Well, yeah, I mean, scripturally speaking, I mean, this is something most believers are familiar with. Um, you share the gospel, you're excited, you, you're, I don't know, maybe a new believer, and you just want your friends to embrace Jesus the way you have because it's changed your life. Right. And first thing you realize is that, whoa, most people aren't open to the gospel. Most people don't want to hear about this Jesus. Most people don't want to hear scripture verses or anything that has to do with the Bible. And uh, it can be hard. But that's the first encounter we have. I mean, if you're a Christian entrepreneur, well, you were a Christian probably before you became an entrepreneur, or maybe not. We could. I mean, sometimes people become entrepreneurs before. But uh, that's the first rejection you, you really encounter is when you first become a believer. And then you wonder... Why doesn't everybody think this is wonderful? This is Why so don't amazing. they all want to be Christians? <laughs> well, it's the same thing with our businesses. <laughs> yeah, same thing with <laughs> our businesses, as we're going to see. Yeah. Yeah, we discover quick, really quick, that a lot of people don't think it's as marvelous as we do think, and uh, kind of reject reject us in the process. Yeah. Well, see, the scripture uh, talks about the, the faith part, the faith component. Uh, so here's what Jesus had to say in John chapter 15, verses 18 to 20. He said, If the world hates you, keep in mind that it hated me first. If you belonged to the world, it would love you as its own. As it is, you do not belong to the world, but I have chosen you out of the world. That is why the world hates you. Remember what I told you, a servant is not greater than his master. If they persecuted me, they will persecute you also. And we also read in Matthew chapter 10, chapter 10, verses 34 to 36, Jesus says, Do not suppose that I have come to bring peace to the earth. I did not come to bring peace, but a sword. For I have come to turn a man against his father, a daughter against her mother, a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. A man's enemies will be members of his own household. So, 
As a Bible-believing Christian, you've probably already felt that kind of heat, like we mentioned, from friends and family even. But that's not where it stops, just like Liz was saying before. You will likely feel a similar kind of rejection once you begin your work as an entrepreneur. If you found your sweet spot, your calling or purpose, and you began working towards your passion, chances are you'll be just as misunderstood as when you converted. This is no joke and it can really, really sting. It hurts because those are the people you care about. Those are the people you expect to encourage you, to bless you, no matter what you decide to do. If it makes you happy, you think, well, if it makes me happy, they're gonna encourage me, they're gonna bless me in this. But it's often not the case and it can be really hurtful. That's why we're talking about this today because it, it hurts people, it hurts entrepreneurs. It, it can be a huge roadblock to overcome. Yes, and absolutely. And um, we're talking about friends and family, but we've also experienced it as Christians. Because if we face it, honestly, Christian entrepreneurs are a different breed of believer. And I was listening to a podcast today and he was talking about just that. And um, mm. he was bringing up those points. And you feel it early on because you're motivated differently. Mm -hmm. Your purpose is like awakened in you. God's giving you that vision to go forward in your business for your family, for his purpose, for your calling. And you can't understand why other Christians are just sitting on the bench, going to church and that's all the food they get and that's all they need and just doing their ordinary little thing and not wanting more. And, and, and let's be honest, many Christians who do just what you described are not happy. Yeah. And they question themselves. I used to be like that, by the way. Before I became an entrepreneur, before I was given a vision for my own life, before I embraced it and ran with it, I didn't understand why I didn't have that joy 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 down in my heart like the song says and i was like why am i so miserable i'm supposed to have that joy i know jesus i'm saved uh i have eternal life ahead of me i know the savior i walk with him hand in hand every day mm -hmm. and yet i'm not happy and i felt guilty as a result i felt like i was uh, a christian who was just perhaps not following uh, the word of god properly or there, there was something wrong with me and it's only when I finally figured it out that I just wasn't following what God wanted for my life. And when I started doing those steps, that I finally got that joy, joy, joy down in my heart. Yeah. That was compliment to the, the fact that I was saved and I knew God and I, uh, I walked with him. All that com uh, combined with my newfound purpose, why I was put on earth and doing the action steps to work toward the, towards that. That made a whole difference in the world. But for many Christians, they think it stops at salvation. I'm saved. That was my purpose. I was put on earth to accept Jesus. I've accepted Jesus and it stops there. Well, I'm sorry. If that's how you believe, it's pretty sad, really, because God could send drones to, to, to do that. I mean, God could, could send angels. If you think you're supposed to just evangelize and that's all your purpose is, I mean, God could send an army of angelic drones to do just that. I mean, we are called to so much more than just spreading the gospel. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that we're going to feel it when we're around other Christians in church. We're going to feel it with our friends and family. And until um, God awakens that in your heart, um, you know, you're always going to kind of feel different when you're around these people because your calling is not the same as theirs. 
And you know, that's okay if they're happy. Like I know people that are happy doing their little thing in church and doing their ministry in church. And that's super cool. If that's what God called them to do, then they're in their sweet spot. They're doing what makes them happy and what makes God happy. And it's all great. Um, but you know, for most Christian entrepreneurs, they're called to, they, they have visions and they're called to do more for God. Then that's where, you know, a Christian entrepreneur will talk to his friends or family or to, you know, like I've got Christian uh, family members that are Christians that are saved, but they don't understand at all what Thriving on Purpose is about. Like they understand partially, they get it a little more than a non-Christian in our family, but at the same time, they can't fully understand. And we'll talk about that a little later on what the reasons for that are. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And and even me, I mean, uh, I wrote a book and I don't even know which family members of mine read the book. I mean, that's the way it is when you're a Christian entrepreneur. I mean, you, you, you do things you would love if your family members or friends would just like say, hey, this is great. I, I loved it or because uh, it encourages you when it's people you love. But sometimes it just doesn't happen that way. And as an example, in today's podcast, we're going to take the life of Jesus. Although Jesus was not per se an entrepreneur, he did have a ministry and a definite calling on his life, and it was uh, uh, it was huge. I mean, the impact of it was just immeasurable by human standards. But um, he 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 did the work of a carpenter for like some thirty years, right? But then at thirty, he began his true calling, his true work, okay? So let's face it, I mean, being a carpenter was not Jesus' calling. That just paid the bills for a while. But when he began his work, his true work, what we call his ministry, that's when he hit 30. So why 30 years old? Well, the scripture uh, tells us in the book of Hebrews that he was to be a high priest for all of us. And in the Old Testament, priests began their work at 30 years of age. So there is a reason why Jesus began his ministry at 30 as well. And uh, we could say metaphorically that Jesus began his entrepreneurial journey at 30, since that's when his ministry began. And I like the word began here, okay? He began his ministry, okay? And the word entrepreneur is from the French. And I should know about it because I'm French. (laughs) It's from the word entreprendre which means to begin. So what does that mean? It means that when you're an entrepreneur, you are someone who begins something, some work. I love that, don't you? I mean, this is great. So that's what Jesus did when he began his ministry. He, he was basically, in a way, an entrepreneur like you guys are, okay? He began his work. So, What were the reactions of his entourage when he started this work? Well, there's a a great passage of scripture that can put us in context, and it's Matthew 13, verses 54 to 58. Here's what it says. When he had come to his own country, he taught them in their synagogue, so that they were astonished and said, Where did this man get this wisdom and these mighty works? Is this not the carpenter's son? Is not his mother called Mary? And his brothers, James, Joseph, Simon, and Judas, and his sisters, are they not all with us? Where then did this man get all these things? 
So they were offended at him. But Jesus said to them, A prophet is not without honor except, except in his own country and in his own house. Now he did not do many mighty works there because of their unbelief. Yeah, I think that's very powerful. So you see, like, um, even Jesus was perceived by his own town folks from Nazareth as somebody that, you know, they catalog cataloged him a certain way, a carpenter, yeah. and they were so closed off, so, you know, not open-minded to even see the miracles and see anything that he was trying to teach them because they just had this fixed mindset about who he was and exactly. they weren't open to it. So because of their unbelief, he was not able to do much of anything there. So, um, you know, we can't be surprised if we come to our families and our friends with our opportunity. Can you sell something think... <laughs> to them? Because of their unbelief, you're not going to sell anything to them. <laughs> yeah, and you know, whatever, you know, like even for us, like when we, you know, started coaching, I mean, for them, for our families, they've seen us a certain way. They've known they've us a certain way. They've seen us fumble. They've seen us fail. They, 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 they know our personality inside and out. Yeah, and they've categorized us a, a certain way of what they think our lives should be. And for us to break outside of that box is very foreign mm -hmm. and alarming to them. And it's, you know, what what's going on? And, you know, it's, it's like that. So you can just imagine um, how Jesus felt. And see, he didn't stay in Nazareth and, you know, bombard these people and try to convince them. Oh, please, you got to believe me. It's true. I am the Son of God. Yeah, he just did what? He took his moved things on. and moved on and went where people were open to, to hearing about him. So I think the key verse in Matthew 15, 37 is, But Jesus said to them, A prophet is not without honor except in his own country and in his own house. Mm -hmm. So... You know, we have to th remember that when we feel that friends and family are rejecting us, it's kind of a normal process. Even Jesus lived it. And so, you know. If um, he lived it, to, I mean, how much we more we, yeah. Exactly. We have to, you know, understand that that's just part of things, right? Exactly. And, you know, I mean, in, in the verse we were talking about, they're like, isn't this the carpenter's son? Like, what in the world? Like, they were, it, it, it just didn't fit. Yeah. What they uh, saw, like they probably saw him grow up in the village and whatever, and of Nazareth. And and now he's saying he's God and he's a rabbi. Uh, and he's, I, and he's, saying, he's saying the scriptures are fulfilled in our hearing. What? He's like, who, who does this guy think he is? And, and it's the same thing. Like if when you started your business, right? Most of us transition. We don't like most of us. Some of, them, some of you guys just have this entrepreneurial, very strong fire. You start right out like at 13 with, a, I don't know. Uh, renting your bikes or something <laughs> that's fine <laughs> but some of us it's later and and we have a day job and we do the the, the nine to five or the evening shift or the night shift or and, and and that's just normal that's the cocoon that that basically builds up this entrepreneurial fiber that when we break out of it that cocoon that nine to five mold that most people know us from when we become that butterfly that entrepreneur people like Huh? Wasn't this guy in a cocoon? Wasn't this guy a caterpillar? What's happened to him? Mm -hmm. or, or maybe in more in words that you might <laughs> recognize a little bit more, you might have heard comments like, isn't this Jane, the waitress from the corner diner? Isn't this John, the taxi driver? Isn't this Sam, the guy who works as a janitor? Or Tracy, the stay-at-home mom? So that 
when you break that mold of what they've become accustomed to, it kind of shocks them. Absolutely. And uh, maybe you told your friends and family that you're bi- that you were going to business, and their face dropped, their eyes bugged out of their heads, yeah. or they had this weird smile, nodding face. Don't you love it when you tell people that have you haven't spoke to in a while what you're up to, what you're doing, and they just have this face that's like plastered smile, just nodding, they, they, and they're they, like, you can tell in their face that they, they they're just picturing you failing, basically. They're just like, is this person off the rockers? Like, what are they drinking? Like, yeah. they don't understand it. <laughs> well, we're in good company. Like we mentioned Jesus, obviously, but there's other, there's tons of entrepreneurs out there who are candid enough to talk about these things. And one of them is Les Brown. If you guys are familiar at all with Les Brown, you know that he's one of the most successful motivational speakers in the last 20 years. Well, he also experienced rejection from his own friends and family. And in an interview a few years back, he spoke of this very phenomenon and he spoke of it very candidly. And today we wanted to share a clip with you guys where Les Brown speaks about this and uh, we'll come to you right after. Okay, so here's Les Brown. Have a listen to this. Les, can you share a challenge that Les Brown goes through? Well, the biggest challenge that I have is is having friends that are very close to me or family members that I can't reach. I mean, that is, that is very humiliating. It's a, because you say, oh, you all that? Well, see, can you change your sister? Or see, could you change yep. your son? All right? And it is, it is so tough. It's been very challenging. I remember a friend of mine that I was working with his sister to do an intervention to help him get off of drugs. And I'll never forget we failed. He told us to get out of his house. And while we were going down the steps, she said, don't feel discouraged. And I said, why? She said, most people won't participate in their own rescue. And, and I've lost a lot of sleep, a lot of energy trying to change people that I couldn't change. And just because they're my relative or because they're my close friend didn't mean that that gave me some advantage or some special access. So it's humbling. It's um, I don't like to lose at all. And so there are situations in which I lost in that particular case. All right, we're back. So as you heard Les Brown say, you know, that's that's just the way it is. It happens to the best of us. And it's not because you're very successful or it's not because you got your, 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 your business is booming or you're enthusiastic or you're starting and you have this crisp, crystal clear vision that everybody's going to see it and believe it. And actually, it's probably the contrary. Most people won't believe it. Most people will look at you weird. Most people will think, like Liz said, he's off his rockers. What's wrong with him? Yeah, and it's funny because a lot of people, you know, will um, attain that success and even then their family and friends will find these weird comments like, oh, well, you know, she, you know, was successful in her business because she's good looking. And uh, they'll undermine all their efforts and work because all of a sudden they have success and it must be just because of that. They'll find a reason, right? Yeah. Like, he was lucky. He or was he knew the right and, people. Exactly. Or, and they, they don't see all the work behind it. Yeah, exactly. And in another passage, if we go to the scriptures once again, in another passage, we read about how Jesus' own family perceived him when he began his ministry. Mm-hmm. That's in Mark chapter 3, verses 20 to 21. It says, Then he went home. And the crowd gathered again, so that they could not even eat. So in other words, they had been there probably eat, uh, listening to Jesus for a while. And I don't know how long, but they didn't eat. And when his family heard it, they went out to seize him. For they were saying, 
and, and here's, the, here's the kicker, he is out of his mind. And this passage is not tackled very often in, in, in most uh, Christian teaching circles. I, I don't know if it's because we, d- we just don't like this passage because, hey, his own family thought he was nuts. Or if it's because it kind of puts a taint on his mother, Mary. For most Christians, we, are like, we don't like to think of Mary thinking Jesus was nuts. And yet it was right there. It's right there in the scriptures. There was this instance where Mary actually thought he had fell off his rockers. And she went with the brothers and sisters to try and grab him away because they felt that he was embarrassing himself and perhaps also he was embarrassing the family. So they just wanted to grab him and take him away from all this. <laughs> yeah, and we, we've seen that, you know, Jesus really, you know, had this... Um, determination and he knew what he was there for and his purpose and he wasn't going to stop no matter what anybody said and i know there's verses where he was kind of abrupt with mary and yeah you know it was the way it had to be and um (laughs) anyway that's really interesting that verse the way you bring it up because now that you see it from an entrepreneurial perspective you don't see it the same way when you understand the whole phenomenon of the, the, you know, people knowing you a certain way, Mm. they're familiar with you. And even if Mary knew she was carrying the son of God, she didn't know. Yeah, she had been told by an angel. I mean, she she knew all So she knew more than other people. But even then, she had in her mind a certain idea of what he was going to be. And how he should behave, perhaps. Yeah, and all of a sudden he's doing this and she's like, whoa, 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 what's going on? Like... You know, she's known him from zero That's to 30. That's not how I pictured he would behave. <laughs> from zero to 30, he was a certain way. What's going on? You know, what what's happening? What is this shift here? Yeah. So um, all this reminds me of uh, a saying uh, that Shakespeare, something that Shakespeare once said, yeah. familiarity breeds contempt. And yeah. I think that, you know, it's kind of, you know, it kind of sucks to say it this way, but You know, it kind of is the way it is. Like people will see you a certain way. And sometimes, and we're not, well, I'm not saying this about, you know, Jesus and his mother, but I'm just saying about people in generally, um, familiarity breeds contempt. It is true. And as a result, we all have experienced it. And as a result of that, I think it's safe to say that the people who know you best Hmm. oftentimes know you least. Sometimes, yeah. You know, uh, oftentimes you used to laugh. Remember how you laughed when my mother would say, I think it was with blueberries or, or she would say, do you want some good blueberries? Why did she offer me blueberries? I was like 30-something years old. Liz, my wife, we'd been married maybe 10 years at the time, 9 years, she knew that I didn't really, I'm not a fruit guy. I, I should be more of a fruit guy. Fruit is good for me. But I'm not too much of a fruit guy, and that includes blueberries. Liz would laugh because that was my mom offering me blueberries every summer because she she thought I still loved blueberries. And she based that on when I was two, four years old, maybe something like that. And I used to like just eat them all up, gobble them all up because I loved blueberries when I was two, four years old. So Liz just laughed because I I, I told Liz in private, I said... I don't think I've enjoyed blueberries since I was maybe 16 or 17, you know? (laughs) Tastes, our tastes but change as we age. But for my mother, who thought she knew me so well, because she's my mom, she kept offering me blueberries. And in her mind, 
<laughs> yeah, of course Sebastian loves blueberries. What, what are you talking about? <laughs> yeah, she was like completely, like, what are you... No, like in her mind, it was like, no, you're you're telling me a falsehood here. Exactly. He loves blueberries. What are you saying? That he didn't loves... fit her paradigm, right? Yeah, because in her mind, that's like how she remembered little Sebastian eating his blueberries, and he hadn't changed. Yeah. <laughs> so the same thing. I mean, like the same reactions will be met in your life the moment you begin doing different things than what others have come to know from you. When you begin a self-discovery journey and you start doing things differently because you are an entrepreneur, people who love you will resist that change, sometimes vehemently. Yeah, exactly. So one of the, the biggest things that we've learned early on in our entrepreneurial journey was to accept it. That was a huge part of it. Um, because once you accept that this is kind of normal and that it comes with the journey, with the process, um, you don't take it as personally and you're able to move forward and it doesn't become as much of an obstacle. Mm. And that is one of the reasons that we chose to do this podcast is because we know that it's a huge pain point. We have a lot of entrepreneurial friends that have gone through this and we hear stories all the time. And we know people quit over this. Exactly. A lot of people get very discouraged and they forget what God shows them and mm -hmm. they forget about how you know great their lives can be if they continue their entrepreneurial journey and they just give up and become miserable because the impact of their friends and family is so strong and they let that overcome their their lives and their beliefs and then everything just you know falls apart so you have to understand that when you are starting when when you start to aim and becoming more when you're doing personal development, spiritual development, doing more for God, doing uh, more for your business, um, becoming more, becoming more, and pursuing your dreams with passion, you definitely will feel its sting. You definitely will have um, these moments where people will kind of, you know, you know, when you have these um, interpret, I call them like um, a kind of a, a small roller coaster. You have ups and downs mm -hmm. in your business. You have ups and downs in your journey. And sometimes when you're at your lowest, that's when oh, your friends vulnerable. and family sense you're vulnerable and they're kind of, yeah, you know, that stuff really doesn't work, you know. Yeah, and then the it devil's going to use those moments. I mean, he's going to, he's gonna, unfortunately, he uses those moments when we're down and out and kind of discouraged about our business. All of a sudden, uh, y your brother or your sister or your mother or your father, just say a comment that's going to really hurt and that might make you want to quit altogether. Exactly. So... When you begin shifting your mindset towards greater ideals and goals, entrepreneurial rejection from friends and family will rear its ugly head yeah. um, and it might try to drag you back down. So people's perception of us is part of what they call their reality. So you need to understand that. So as we evolve and be begin changing, we affect their reality. So they look at themselves. Don't forget that they're looking at themselves and they yeah, you feel you moving. Yeah. They feel you moving in a direction. And in a way, even if they're too scared to make that move, and some of them may respect you for doing it and, you know, just might stay silent about it. Uh, in reality, sometimes people kind of want to bring you down because they don't want to be faced with the fact that they're not doing anything. Exactly. You know, they're kind of quiet, doing their own uh, thing. 
it's either because they have a negative fixed mindset or it could be just because it makes them look at themselves in the mirror mm. and they just don't want to, to move out of their comfort zone. So they'd rather kind of just bring you back down to, it's to the level you were at, right? Yeah, it's easier to bring you back down than for them to strive to go up. Exactly. So um, it's not their fault, really. Uh, they just don't want their paradigm to change and you're a part of it. So it's important that we understand this, that it's uh, their unconscious defense mechanism. Mm, that's exactly what it is. And, and some have called it cognitive dissonance. So guys, let's get a little scientific here. Let's go a little bit deeper. We're going to talk about cognitive dissonance. I have some Wikipedia uh, definition here. I'm going to read that to you guys, okay? So in the field of psychology, cognitive dissonance is the mental discomfort or psychological stress experienced by a person who simultaneously holds two or more contradictory beliefs, ideas, or values. The occurrence of cognitive dissonance is a consequence of a person performing an action that contradicts personal beliefs, ideas, and values. And, and this is important, also occurs when confronted with new information that contradicts said beliefs, ideas, and values. So when you come out and you're changed and you're part of their reality, uh-oh, there's a conflict there. There's cognitive dissonance. In the book, A Theory of Cognitive Dissonance, written in 1957, Leon Festinger proposed that human beings strive for internal psychological consistency in order to mentally function in the real world. In other words, we like everything to be stable in our little minds, everything to fit what we, uh, our perception of the world, and we don't want anything to stand out because it makes us uncomfortable. That's what it means. So a person who experiences internal, internal inconsistency tends to become psychologically uncomfortable and so is motivated to reduce the cognitive dissonance by making changes to justify, justify the stressful behavior, either by adding new parts to the cognition causing the psychological dissonance or, now listen to this, by actively avoiding social situations and contradictory information likely to increase the magnitude of the cognitive dissonance. So if you, my friends, are the cause of their cognitive dissonance, guess what they're going to do? They're going to do either they're going to try to deter you from being a cognitive dissonance by discouraging you from changing, or they're going to avoid you. Absolutely. So all this to say, we, we threw a lot of information at you, but in short, this means that when you come to people exposing a different way of being, doing, or thinking, they will have a self-protective knee-jerk reaction and will reject you. It's not personal. Uh, this re reaction may be permanent or they may eventually come around and warm up to you and your beliefs but it can go either way. So you have to just kind of, you know, say it is what it is when you understand the scientific reason for it. Uh, you know, oftentimes people re react like that at first and they eventually will come around. It depends on the person, right? Yeah, and, and a hands-on observation that you probably have done in your own life, maybe unconsciously, but I've done it and I've, I've especially since I embraced personal growth a few years back and I began growing and changing and evolving and, and doing things differently. Here's what I've noticed, okay? Mediocre people want you to be mediocre. Average people 
We want you to be average. And great people will want you to be great. Now, this is a very, very important uh, point I'm making here. We want people to be like us. Because whatever sphere we find ourselves on, whatever level we're on, we, we think we're it. I mean, let's face it, we're the result of our best choices. Wherever we're at in life, we're the result. There's nobody in life who says, I'm going to make crappy choices today to make my life miserable. Nobody does that. Everybody's doing the best choices they can. But once you embark in personal growth, guess what? You, your thinking changes. It becomes better. And if your thinking becomes better, guess what happens to your choices? They become better. So therefore, your life improves also as a result. Absolutely. And I like what you said about great people want you to be great. How many great people do you know around you that you know will encourage you, that you know will want the best for you? Those are the kind of people uh, that make you stretch, that make you want more, that yeah. you have to be around because they're the ones that want the best for you. So, And they don't feel threatened. That's, what, that's what's great about great people. Yeah. Great people don't feel threatened because... They're focused on their own efforts and, 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 and improvement daily. Exactly. So they, they don't look at you as a threat. Yeah, so there's no competition there. It's always um, gently pushing you in the right direction and encouraging you mm-hmm. when things are kind of down and you're not feeling so great about what you're doing. For whatever reason, we all have our, our obstacles, our mindset problems sometimes. Um, that person will, you know, uplift you and encourage you and maybe even give you an encouraging word yeah, um, when you're down. from God, you know? Yeah. And that's why it's so important as entrepreneurs to surround ourselves with great people. I mean, a, a couple of years back, I realized the importance of this and that's what I started, uh, began doing. And what I mean by great here, I, I don't want you to think that, oh, well, they're driving a uh, BMW or Cadillac or, or Mercedes. No, no. Yes, they might. But that's not what I mean by great. What I mean by great, I mean people who don't settle. Those people who have a growth mindset and are always wanting to learn more and become more. Those are great people. Absolutely. And um, earlier on, I mentioned uh, I was going to talk a bit about vision. So that brings me to talk about Mm -hmm. understanding that your vision was given to you by God. So... It wasn't given to them. It was given to you by God. Yeah. And um, I think, you know, when you surround yourself with great people, I think that that's one of the things that they do see, that they do understand and will encourage you. What does God want you to do? And how are you going to fulfill that? How are you going to be obedient to him and please him? Mm-hmm. And, They're going to uh, respect your vision because they know it's not theirs. Exactly. And, you know, when I first understood that in my life, it took a huge load off of my shoulders um, because when you understand that, you know, you really have to just focus on that. Like everything else, you will think it's not important. At one point, you just won't care. You won't care if you get negative comments on your Facebook lives. You won't care if, you know, friends and family laugh about you or they, they... you know, see you struggling or they, you know, have negative comments about you and your business, you won't care because you're going to focus on the fact that God gave you that vision and it's your job to fulfill it. If you want to fulfill your full potential, 
you will focus on the vision he has for you and everything else becomes petty and irrelevant Mm -hmm. really so when that when i understood that part i said okay you know this is for god's purpose it's bigger than i am i can't focus on this these small issues because it's bigger than i am Mm -hmm. and you know i heard i once heard a preacher talk about vision and he said that god gave you vision in increments in in the small baby steps because if we could see the end result of where he wants to bring us then probably we would faint or something or we'd like get we get cold feet or we'd yeah be scared, or yeah. we'd be like maybe scared exactly he's and got say, the wrong guy for this <laughs> like oh i can't do this you know because it really is by baby steps that god brings you to a small vision he he gives you that small vision he breaks it down for he you he breaks basically. it down for you you move you think you're doing this huge thing <laughs> <laughs> and really you're just taking one action step and then he's like okay great perfect next okay that was the first step of the thousands that i prepared <laughs> for you way to go and then next vision and next vision and it that's a beautiful thing and then when you look back on your life in the last five years you're like wow Do you remember where I I was at five years ago, what I was doing? And now I'm doing this for God and this came up about and this came in my business. And this is just so amazing. And but, you know, you had to be obedient. Right. And you had to follow those small steps. And one great example of this is thriving on purpose. When thriving on purpose first started, I was just going to be a speaker and call it thriving on purpose. That was going to be the name of my company. I had no idea that one day my wife would join or like join the business. I had no idea that I would do a podcast. But see, I mean, all these things came very gradually, one yeah. step at a time. And sometimes you hit a wall and you have to correct your course. And God helps you through that. So that's the, another kind of step when you just uh, go around the wall or climb over the wall or, you know, face the obstacle. That's another step that you're taking towards your vision. And it's all part of your growth and learning as you move on in that the fruition of this vision that God gave you. Yeah. Absolutely. You know, with Thriving on Purpose, it it changed, it evolved. Uh, so when we started Thriving on Purpose, well, when he started Thriving on Purpose, I wasn't any, even in the picture. And uh, God, you know, spoke to my heart and we both uh, felt the need to start you know coaching and uh, get certified in coaching and Sebastian was inspired to write lead like a superhero for young entrepreneurs and you know just everything just kind of was step by step gradual and then we got to start podcasting together and you know starting that journey journey to help out people and so you know God's going to do the same with you if you're obedient to him he's going to keep on giving you those beautiful visions and you're going to be really happy with uh, what you're going to accomplish. It's pretty amazing when you take it one step at a time with God, what you can do. And speaking of which, there's an encouraging clip we want to play here at this point uh, by, you've probably heard of her, a motivational speaker by the name of, of Lisa Nichols. And she talks about vision and she also talks about how people will oppose your vision. So let's you, let's just play that clip. We want you to have a hearing of uh, this wonderful clip by Lisa Nichols. Point two, you have to be willing to walk alone sometimes. You have to be willing to be the only person for a moment. And that moment might be a minute, it might be a month, it might be a year, it might be 10 years. You have to be willing to be the only person that sees your vision. 
You got to be willing. You got to be willing to do it by yourself. You have to be willing to let everyone else off the hook to get you. You have to be willing to understand that at times, as your vision is coming out of you, it's not going to be clear for anyone else but you. Yes, yes, somebody understands. Somebody's walked alone in this room. Yes, yes. I'm going to say something to you. And if you only came to AFS to hear this, then take it, put it in your pocket. Everything else is bonus. If no one else gets your vision, and you can write in I terms, if no one else gets my vision, it's because God, the divine, didn't give your vision to them. God gave your vision to you. And sometimes you have to hold on to it. You have to nurture it. You have to feed it with time, feed it with a strategy, feed it with a plan, feed it with finances, feed it with, feed it with projections, feed it with building your CEO muscle, feed it with action after action after action after action so that it can be born through you. And then the world will see it. I spoke to you 20 years ago. I was just in my bathroom in the mirror talking to you when everyone thought I should not quit my day job. But I had to see something that no one else can see for the assignment on my life. So you have to be willing to walk alone. You have to be willing to be the only person that sees your vision. You have to be willing to have a family that doesn't get you. Yes, yes? yes, yes. You have to be willing to have a family that says, oh, they go into that strange thing with those strange people doing that strange stuff. Yes, yes? And celebrate that because there's a lot of things you want to be, but normal should not be one of them. All right, we're back. So as you sign the clip, she, she does mention the, the opposition you're going to feel from people, especially your, your loved ones, your family it will sometimes make it hard on you. And that's part of the process as well. But don't let it deter you from your vision. And speaking of opposition and difficult people in your life, you know, I, and, and this is not a, something I, I find easy to tell you guys, but if needed, some of you will have to take some distance from people who crush your dreams. Uh, some people are just simply too negative for your mindset at certain times. Your mindset won't always be strong. Sometimes your mindset is fragile. And certain types of people can really destroy this and it can really destroy your efforts or your resolution in doing certain steps. And for many different reasons, sometimes we have to put some distance uh, with family members or friends that we've known for a long time if we're going to keep going into our calling, moving forward. And that can be very, very difficult. Yeah, and you know, it might be necessary um, to take your to take some distance from these people. Um, it could be family members, unfortunately. Um, if all you feel is that they're always negative and weighing you down, you might not have a choice because, uh, and I'm not saying to cut ties with anybody, that's not my place to say, but sometimes you do have to take some distance because you will feel that it just brings you so, like it, you know, it already takes enough energy and uh, yeah. a lot of work to work on your mindset and to work on your spiritual 
life with God to move forward in what he's asking you to do. And some things, you know, as entrepreneurs, we're always reinventing ourselves and learning. Always. And it's a lot of work. It's, it's hard sometimes. And so if you have people around you always weighing you down, uh, it, it kind of puts you, it sets you back. Like sometimes I would say to my husband, and we kind of laugh about it, but I talked to my aunt that was so negative about everything I was doing. She wasn't saved, so she didn't understand what I was trying to accomplish with Sebastian. And sometimes I would say, oh, I just got off the phone with a certain person with my aunt. And he, and I would say, like, I need like four or five days to get over this, <laughs> and to move forward and get my energy back, right? So we kind of joke about it, and it, it, you know, I kind of got used to the, got used to that being part of the, you know, what was like I I was detached from it at one point, but then you know what I started doing? I started just saying, you know what? I don't want to exclude that person out of my life because yeah. she's been so a huge part of my life uh, for many reasons because she was almost a second mother to me for for many years, um, but. I just just decided to have those conversations with her about, you know, family stuff and light things that had nothing to do with my entrepreneurial life. So I basically so said... So basically they talk about the weather or <laughs> recipes. Yeah, uh, did so, you try this recipe? So we talk about the kids and we talk about other stuff that happens in our lives that does keep us connected. And I just said, you know what? Why bother? Why try to convince people to understand what you're living, what your vision's all about, they're not going to get it. There is no point. In this case, this person is not saved, but I do have people in my family. It's the same thing with them, and they are saved. They do <laughs> understand, uh, you know, purpose and vision, but it still doesn't sink to them what what I'm trying to do. They understand purpose and vision. They just can't associate it with us. Exactly. <laughs> and that goes back to all the other points we mentioned. And yeah. that's why it's important that we talk about it. And, you know, as we, it's kind of funny, though, because they don't understand it. But as you move forward and they see the results of certain things you're doing, they think it's great. Yeah, they're amazed. And they'll acknowledge it. But they're the last person that's going to encourage you while you're doing it. Exactly. It's kind of weird, but that's the way it is. Yeah. So. That's, you know. They're going to tell you well done once it's done, but while you're doing it, they're, they're, gonna, they're not going to say, keep going, this is great. <laughs> exactly. So uh, we hope yeah. that our testimonies and our, our life uh, and, you know, the examples we gave you uh, will help you to, to move forward. And um, I'll leave you a recap, Sebastian. Yeah, it's time for a recap. So uh, we talked about five actionable steps it was kind of muddled in there somewhere <laughs> let's just bring it to the forefront now as we close this podcast let's, there's five actionable steps to overcome loved one's rejection okay so here they are number one understand it what does this mean well it just means that it's normal it comes with the territory as an entrepreneur it is to be expected and it's not personal number two accept it don't fight it and don't fight them over it. Take it in stride. Okay, so understand it, accept it. Number three, keep going. I think this is the most important point. Don't let their negative criticism stop you or deter you from moving forward and building that so important vision that God gave you. Number four, it's your vision from God, as Liz so uh, well explained earlier on, it's your vision from God. It's not theirs. They're going to have their own. 
okay? So it's your thing. God gave you this vision, and you have to understand that they won't see it the way you do, okay? And number five, if needed, take some distance. And here I'm going to say something that might even take it a step further. In the case of extremely toxic people, you might need to cut ties, at least for a time, at least for a time. Because uh, <laughs> what God requires of you, following God is more important than the approval of men. Okay, and that's scriptural right there. So what God has given you as a work to do is more important than certain relationships in certain times. I'm not saying cut permanently, but you, you might need to. Who knows? I mean, I don't know your relationships. I know there's some relationships in my life that I had to cut ties completely with. And I had some relationships in my life that I had to cut ties uh, temporarily with. And I had some relationships in my life, just like Liz explained, that I didn't cut ties, even though uh, the people just didn't understand my vision. I didn't see it necessary that I should cut the tire or not. Okay? Yeah. Yeah, it's sad to say this, but I think it's necessary. Yeah, that's um, that'll be for you to decide and um, pray. God will show you, you know, uh, what you're supposed to do in certain relationships. I know uh, a lot of people deal with negative, um, negative Nancys, but there's worse than that. There's toxic people, and those are yes. people, like Sebastian said, um, if you don't know the term, you can Google it. Uh, yeah. Toxic people basically uh, just have you know no positive in them, and exactly. they just want to control everything around you. And are very, very, very negative. So these kind of people, there's kind of no winning with them. So um, we'll let you research about that and, and pray about it and decide what God wants you to do with that if you do have people like that in your friends and family entourage. So in closing, we hope this podcast has given you a better understanding on this matter. We hope that it's going to help you not take things personal any longer uh, we know it's a huge pain point. And it's, we... it's really, I mean, we felt in our heart that this needed to be addressed because we've seen so many entrepreneurs quit on this. Yeah, exactly. And we, we really don't want you to, um, you know, stop your business or stop moving forward for God. We want you to keep on pressing forward uh, in your business, um, in whatever God's asking you to accomplish as part of your purpose. So um, we thank you for tuning in to this podcast. If you want to listen to more podcast episodes, you can head out to head on to thrivingonpurpose.com. Um, on the front page, there's a section there where you can subscribe to our weekly podcast. So that way you'll get our episodes uh, right when they come out. Right in, in your inbox. In your inbox, exactly. And if you're enjoying our content, then please leave a review on iTunes. We'd really appreciate it. And also, if you leave a review on iTunes, that's great. We love that. Uh, but also, hey, if it helped you, if it blessed you, what you just heard, share it with friends. I use social media. I don't care. Just share it because it can actually help other people. You know, if you have people popping up in your mind, say, oh, that'd be great for so-and-so. Yeah. I mean, what I heard today helped me so much. And I know my friend's going through the same thing or my other friend. Just share it because we want, we want this to help as many people as possible. Absolutely. So we wish you an awesome week. Be blessed. And thrive on. Thanks for listening to the Thriving on Purpose podcast. 
Be sure to visit thrivingonpurpose.com to access the show notes and to discover more fantastic content. Until next time, be blessed and may you thrive on purpose.